You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Pete Weatherburner Vet is here. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming into us today. And I suppose uh, it can be a very upsetting time uh, for people. In fact, it is a very upsetting time for people. That is end of life, especially for the the family pet being there for years. But let's sort of concentrate on different aspects Mm. uh, of that, Pete. How do you know when the time is right that you have to say goodbye to the pet? It's one of those difficult things because it, it varies from situation to situation. But I suppose the, f- the fundamental thing is that um, a pet, for, if you like, well, we're lucky to have the option to carry out euthanasia. And what that means is that when a pet stops having a quality of life which m- makes life worth being alive, we can, we can deliberately end their lives for them in a painless, peaceful way. Um, of course, the question then is, well, when does a, a pet stop enjoying life? And and that's um, something which, um, that's that varies. But what I tend to do is to say to people, look, draw, write down a list of the 10 things that your pet used to love doing when they were a fit, healthy adult. Write that on one side of the page. On the other side of the page, um, tick how many um, they still enjoy. And, you know, when it gets down to the stage where your pet is, is hardly enjoying doing anything anymore, well, then it's, then it's probably time for them to... To move on. Um, um, but I would also tend to say to people, look, be aware that you're emotionally involved and it's quite difficult to be really objective about these things sometimes. And I've had people wait sometimes, unfortunately, f- for too long. Um, and, and, you know, so that an animal, you know, might be um, lying there semi-conscious, whimpering, and they still want to hang on because they don't want to let go. So I would say to people, look, be guided by your local vet. Talk to your vet who will know you and they'll know your animal and they'll be able to, to give you some, some suggestions and some, um, they'll be able to talk with you about making that decision and they'll be able to guide you a little bit. Um, I think perhaps the biggest regret people have is going on too long at the end rather than perhaps euthanizing a pet a little bit too early because if you go on too long, it can mean that you accidentally let your pet suffer at the end and that's certainly what you want to avoid at all costs. There's obvious things like terminal diseases, cancer, whatever, Mm. but there's chronic diseases as well that maybe could be pain managed and you sort of go into that sort of area and um, it's because, you know, the owners want to hang on to the pet that they will find that route for, even if it is uh, short term, but it's adding an extension. Yes, I, I, I would very much be saying that, you know, um, you have to remember that you're going to be upset when your pet dies anyway. So if you're like putting it off for, for a week or two weeks or three weeks, it's not going to make it any less painful. It's still terribly painful when it happens. So, you know, um, sometimes what people are doing is they're putting off the pain, um, you know, rather than given their life, their pet, extra life that their pet's enjoying, they're actually simply putting off their own pain by not doing it soon enough. And that, you know, um, it's difficult to make that judgment sometimes. But like I say, it's, it's a very sensitive area and one that vets are used to dealing with. Um, it's one of the more difficult bits of our job. Um, not something that anybody enjoys, but um, it's, it, it, it's something which needs to be done, needs to be done well. And, and vets are trained to do that, so... That's that's they're, they're the people to talk to. 
Right, and, mm. and know of a lady, I think we interviewed her some time back, maybe last year, the year before, who comes to your house and can, can you know, be with the pet while... Well, most you, you, you look over... You look makes, makes it just an event in some way that's, that's very caring. There's lots of different options. Most vets will do house calls for, for euthanasias if needed uh, or if requested, but it's it's not always the best way. Um, you know, so, you know some, sometimes... Um, for example, it, it, you know, you have to be able to access a vein properly, uh, and um, sometimes it can help to be in a veterinary clinic environment where there's um, support staff there to help, as well as extra things like cannulas and um, other other um, items of equipment, which occasionally may be needed for such a situation. But house calls can be arranged, and you know, I I, I remember some very moving home euthanasias, you know, where people may have lit candles, and the room may be darkened, they may have quiet music playing. Um, incense burning even, whatever, creating a really lovely environment for an animal to end their life. So, you know, um, I don't remember others. Um, on a, a, I remember one sunny spring morning and the dog was lying in a, in, a, in a patch of sunlight in his own bed and the owner had taken it outside and um, we were underneath the trees in the garden and the birds were singing. And again, it was a, a lovely um, way to have the final moments of an animal. But it is something to think about in advance. Don't wait until there's a crisis upon you. If you have an older pet, you should be saying to yourself, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle the end of their life? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Most people know it's, it's sort of going to happen, but mm. uh, they don't want to face it and it's further down the road or whatever. Yes. Like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the, the pets, they presumably sense there's something going on, do they? Um, well, that's a difficult one. I don't think they do. I don't think they know that the end is coming, if you like. That's one of the, one of the, the great things that we have on our side is that animals don't have that big forebrain that gives them consciousness about understanding exactly what exactly what's happening in the same way as we would so um you know animals of course will be aware that they're perhaps a center of attention and that the vet's there and sometimes they might not like that sometimes they won't be very bothered about it whatever same as usual but really it's like a normal day for them and they don't realize that the syringe that the vet holds contains um, a substance that's going to end their life and they don't realise that the end of their life is coming um, so you know that makes it very very easy for us and the drug that we use is very effective in that what it does is first of all it literally sends the animal to sleep so they would have an aware of sleeping, uh, awareness of sleepiness and then they're unconscious and then only when they're unconscious does it end their life, does it stop their heart so as far as the animal's concerned there's absolutely no conscious awareness of what's happening to them, so it's very very easy for them in that way, that's why it's called euthanasia, which means good death Alright, okay mm-hmm. didn't know that Now, disposal of the dog or the cat, or whatever mm. um, you know, especially with the children involved, they would maybe like bury in the back garden and things like that. So, yeah. uh, is there legislation around this or do you just go off and do it yourself or what's the healthy way to do it? All these questions come in. If you look into the details, I'm sure there's legislation on this because animals' bodies, when they're buried, they, um, you know, over time, that there may be... Um, um, I suppose substances produced which could contaminate water supplies for example so if somebody started burying lots of animals in their back garden you know there could be a, a health issue um, or whatever so for that reason there is strict legislation controlling this at the same time I think if somebody has a small dog and they want to and they have a, a sizable garden and they want to bury their, their dog in their garden I don't think anybody's going to I don't think the authorities are going to descend on them and say look we have to exhume that body and that was outrageous what you've done and we're going to fine you that's not 
not going to happen. So, you know, there's an, an element of discretion is applied to these situations, I think. But for most people, um, there's an awkwardness to doing that anyway. Um, they, 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 they don't particularly want to to get into the whole thing of having to dig a hole and, you know, um, so far and away the most common way to have an animal, animal's remains looked after these days is cremation. Um, and um, most vets in this country would, would have an arrangement so that um, if an animal dies, they'll offer you the possibility of having the pet cremated. And what happens there is um, the animal's body is, 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 is left at the vet's and and is stored in a, in a refrigerated area um, and, then, and, and identified with a, a barcode type system. And then what happens is um, a courier travels the country with a refrigerated van um, and they collect the animals' bodies. They take them to a, um, a central crematorium um, and um, um, the animals then are cremated. And generally there's, there's two options there. The first option is what people probably think of, which is individualised cremation, where there's one cremation machine which is just used for bodies one by one. So a dog will be cremated, the ashes will be collected and, and stored then to be returned to the owner and, and then the cremation mach machine will be cleaned out and the next animal's body will go in. So that's individual cremation. But there's also an option, um, a more economical option you might say for a group cremation where there'd be a bigger machine and the animal's bodies would be cremated together. Um, and the ashes wouldn't be collected and wouldn't be returned to the owner. So there's two options there. People, again, they should decide in advance what they want to do and which, which one they want to use. Mm. Um, it's Pete Weatherburn, our vet from Bray Vet in Old Connor in Bray, and we're talking about uh, end of life for our pets, uh, dogs and cats. And I know it's not very pleasant and all that, but uh, as Pete said, it's something just to keep in mind and uh, yeah, n you know what to do, or at least have an awareness of of the procedure of what goes on. And there was some controversy in the Red Cross area a few years ago as regards the establishment of a crematorium, and local residents feared that. That there would be some con contamination of, of uh, um, you know, or at least toxins into the air. We don't want to go down the road of the well, controversy I, or whatever. No, I, I would but, just like to say that a crematorium produces carbon dioxide and water. That's what comes. That's what happens when animals' bodies are burned. And um, obviously, there's fuel that's fueling the cremation. But the the pollution that's produced by a crematorium is similar to um, one diesel engine, one diesel truck. Um, less than that. So, um, there's well, people had, had concerns, and uh, it's not going to happen. But, the, the, the but concerns, there's still a the demand. The concerns weren't well founded. But you're right. We're not. We, we, in the end, that crematorium wasn't proceeded with, and so. Currently, the, 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 the main crematorium that's used that looks after 200 vets in the country um, is based in Cranmore in, in Northern Ireland. The legislation controlling um, pet crematoriums is very, very tight um, and, and complex too because, you know, an animals' remains are, you know, I suppose they are a potential health ha hazard. They're, they're, they're referred to as biological waste and so they have to be looked after in a very safe and hygienic way. So, you know, you, you can't just set up a, um, you know... A, a, um, a burner and, and get on with it. You have to comply with a whole bunch of complicated statutory instruments and the paperwork is, is immensely And well, that's complex. why planning permission was needed, was it? Yeah, well, yes. In, in the Red Cross situation? Planning permission was actually given in the end, but in view of the, the local opposition, it, um, it didn't proceed. Right, there, there is uh, talk of some, uh, you know, a listener got in touch to say there is actually a facility in Wexford somewhere. Well, what's... I don't know anything about it. Well, or. what's happening is um, ar ar around the country there are a number of smaller operators are setting up um, 
to to to, to offer a service because like as a, as in any um any situation it's it's helpful to have some sort of competition in in the market um not just for price reasons but also for facility reasons you know some people want different level of facilities and um some people you know um feel they can they they have an urge to offer something that's different for example you can you can get places in the uk this is more developed than here and there um crematory you can visit and you can sit there in a, in a little chapel like place while your pet actually is cremated you can you can wait um and and collect the ashes you know shortly afterwards so there's 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 lots of over there there's a wide range of facilities and it seems that in this country as well that's starting to develop just as other pet services are starting to develop in this country as well people in ireland are more and more involved with their pets treating them more and more like family members and so they're prepared to do you know those extra things for their animals now during their lives and also after the, after they've finished being alive, it seems very expensive actually to have a, a courier involved and and go to the north uh, in order to have a crematorium. Well, although it's the north, it's quite a central point. If you look at the map of Ireland, it's kind of in the middle of the map, middle of Ireland. So it's no, I don't. Th- I think it's very cost effective actually, because the the, the expensive bit is actually setting up. The the, the, if you like the big facility, and once once that's established, then it's um, you know it's a case of of, of making sure that it, it's it's kept busy, and the best way to keep it busy is to have a number of vehicles collecting animals from different places and take them to central place. So it does make sense for it to be centralised in, in that kind of a way. Yeah, and what happens to uh, you know other animals? You know, I I don't expect you to know all the mm. the, the pet rescue places where, where they have to put down animals. Are, are they heading to the same place? Is that well, there's a there's another level of pet cremation of animal cremation, which is known as rendering, which is where animals' bodies are 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 incinerated, and the, the byproducts are then used for things like glue and so on. So there are rendering plants around the place as well. They're used more for agricultural reasons. You know, um, for for bigger animals like horses and 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 perhaps cattle and cattle and other farm animals that aren't being um, used for human consumption for different reasons. So those are rendering plants, and those are around the place as well. Pro- right. Probably not with big signs out saying <laughs> <laughs> we burn animals here. <laughs> yeah, um, well, unfortunately, they're, they're dead animals. Uh, listener wonders how much does it all cost? Um, well. It varies. Um, it, I suppose it's like any service. There's a, there's a, a price that's charged to vets, and the, pri- the vets then charge that price on to, to the owners, um, and they would add something on for, for providing the refrigeration and storage um, facility, and, and to, you know, and and that side of things. So a ballpark of it, it ver- okay. It could vary from something like um, forty euros to have a, 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 a small dog or cat being cremated as part of a group to um, 200 and something euros if you want to have a, a great individual a, a big dog cremated and the individual ashes returned so probably uh, that kind of ballpark anyway right is there much call uh, oh huge 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 no I, I, um as anybody who has a has a pet euthanized or, or has a pet that dies they have to look after the animal's remains and i would say you know probably more than 50 percent of people would want to have their pets cremated rather than being buried and um you know um the ratio of indi- of, of wanting ashes returned to, to people or, or just having them not having the ashes back just accepting the group cremation i'm not sure what that is but um that's very much a personal choice um and um by the way you can do more things as well it's possible to take those ashes and get them made into things like pieces of jewelry it's fascinating so um yeah because they, they um listen 
it's hard to explain the emotional involvement people often have with their pets. And for some people, the thought of, of actually having a memento in the form of a semi-precious stone around their neck forever, they, they just love that idea. Right. So, um, so um, this, yeah, it's an area which is developing. Can I ask you just one more question on this? Yeah. And as you know, here in Wicklow, uh, in northeast Wicklow and Enniskerry, there's a pet cemetery. Is, is that mm. still in operation? Could, do pets still go into that? Or is that a practice not done? Or what, uh, what's the yes, story? That, that was up near Enniskerry. Um, and it was very innovative at the time. It's about, but when I arrived here in Ireland, it was up and running about 25 years ago. And um, they provided an excellent service. Um, um, but unfortunately, the business... Um, closed down probably about mm, 15 years ago now um, and um, I'm not sure what's happening with the land that I, th- I mean it had planned permission as a pet cemetery and so I presume it's, it's governed by regulations it's mean that, that, that it has to be left as it is um, as part of the countryside now um, but you can't bury pets there anymore Right, okay. All right, well, thanks for that. I, I know all the, you know, people can be very upset about hearing that, but it's just something to face up to, and it is end of life there for, for pets. But we wish all our pets of County Wicklow a long and happy, healthy life anyway. Yes, that's a good, cheerful note to end on. Thank you, definitely. Very good. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, Pete's website is the place to go, petethevet.com and Pete himself, he works away, you know, working harder than all the staff, he tells me. Uh, No, he didn't. In the old Connor Road, uh, where it's Brave Vet is situated. Thanks very much indeed, Pete. Thank you. Good to see you as always. Thank you.